I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my better, much more beloved, better half. Leland, hello, Patriots. And we come to you tonight. We just finished with uh, Josh and Dr. Mark Sherwood. Uh, not together, unfortunately. We tried to get them to do it together, but Josh had some other prior commitments that he had to get to. So we did him, and then he kind of, Dr. Sherwood showed up just at the tail end of it. It was kind of cool, actually. It was. But we are splitting it into two separate interviews. So it will be two separate. Two different podcasts, because they're two completely different subject matters. Correct. And either way, though, um, we had a great conversation with Josh and the Red Pill Project. We brought him on our show just like we went on his show. Uh, we will bring, be bringing him back more and more and more. And hopefully the next time we can get him on for a couple hours, hopefully he can hang out for two, three hours. Uh, that would be awesome because he's got a lot of information. And uh, Well, we are going to be in Denver and where he lives. So next week we'll yep. be doing a live stream uh, with the Red Pill Project from Josh's studio. So definitely, uh, probably more than one actually. If you're not a part of it, get on Red Pills TV. Go out there, look up Red Pills TV. Uh, also look at for the Red Pill Project. It will be recorded and it will be entered into his uh, lexicon there for the, all of his podcasting stuff. So go look it up. Uh, listen to our last episode if you haven't yet. Um, I've heard a lot of people tell me that it was absolute fire, and a lot of people are like, "Holy crap!" And I think you're going to say the same thing about this one because this one was really good. You've heard me say almost every single word that he said at least 12 times before and the difference between me and him is like we did no show prep to talk about this ahead of time we just kind of started it we were like hey we really don't have a plan for this today we're just going to kind of open it up and see where it goes a lot of q talk um josh started as q patriot so uh, a lot of a lot of q talk in there um some some very 
Very interesting stuff. And I got to say, I was, again, so excited for this one because I love watching Mick and Josh together. Like, this was my turn to sit back in the corner and color. I just watched the two of them. And, I I mean, I think Josh might actually talk faster than Mick does. I don't think so. Anyway. But definitely did not disappoint. Yeah, they're awesome together. So we're we're looking forward to more of that. I want to apologize right now for the screen because right now the monitor's not on. I don't know why. What? Yeah, the monitor's off. Are you kidding me? No, dead serious. I'm sitting here looking at a blank screen right now. Look over. I don't know. What'd you do? I don't know. Obviously. You obviously didn't hit the right button. There you go. Now it's on. It's coming on now. So we're going to get that set up real quick. But real quick, just so also you know, uh, we're kind of shooting through this intro because we got stuff to do really quick. But uh, we have got Candace Taylor coming up tonight, and that'll be at 7 p.m. So if you're ready for another Candace Taylor episode, it's coming. Uh, I told you we were, bringing back her, we were bringing her back on. She will be on tonight. We're also going on... Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, the Red Patriot Show. Yep. The Red Patriot Show on this week? Thursday. And then um, also we're going to be on Josh's uh, News After Dark or News at Night or Late Night News Hour. Something like that. Uh, with Red Pill Project. So we'll be with the Insomniac. I think they have the, a thing is called the Insomniac Hour. Uh, we'll be out there doing that. Uh, that'll be a blast as well. So get ready for, uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up. We've been doing a lot. I know everybody's been trying to catch up. Everybody keeps telling me why you guys pushing out so many podcasts at once we're not pushing them out at once folks actually we do them all in one day and then we break it up over the course of the week we drop some here drop some there uh either way real quick um go on to uh cultural life 1972 get yourself some new clothes col1972.com if you want to feel good about the clothes you're wearing you want to know that you're supporting a very good cause as in the right to life and not the culture of death, go on Cultural Life 1972. Uh, they got some great clothes for women. And it was actually brought to my attention the other day, and I've got to ask her about this because I don't see a lot of stuff on there for guys. There's uh, just a little bit for guys, not very much. There's like a couple t-shirts and that's it. Yeah. So, uh, guys, sorry about that. Yeah, I guess you really, there isn't really Buy guys clothing for ones. your girlfriend. But your girlfriend, your, cousins, your wife. your sisters, your whatever. wife, your mom, your loved ones. Great Christmas presents that you're going to get before Christmas and you're going to get them and they're not going to get stuck on a boat somewhere off the coast waiting to come on shore if they're even sitting off the coast and it's not little Chinamen that are looking to evade our country. <laughs> and use the promo code Patriot Party and Correct. get 10% off your order. Yeah, or you can go to uh, MyPillow.com. Uh, of course, type in Defiant in the promo code and you can save up to 66% on your order. Right Go now, get you some slippers, slippers are 50% off right yes. now, right oh, yeah. second. So you're yep. talking 60, I mean, it's 50% of that and with our, our code. I think it gets you another 10%. So No, it's it's 50% off oh, of the promo it? code. Okay. So they're like 30 bucks or $35 instead of 70 right now, oh, which is pretty amazing. Uh, folks, yeah, go on there. So get, worth they're, it. they're so worth it. And I uh, think uh, mattress toppers are 50% off right now as well. The last time me. I looked at the sale, that's so worth that's it a, as That's well. a huge one too, just These because of how much they are. Right now or buy one, oh, get yeah. one free. Um, pillows are the standard. Original My Pillow is 75% off. Towels are $39.99 with the promo code DEFIANT. Yes. Go get you some of the towels the towels are well worth it folks and he, he doesn't just send you two like regular standard size towels he sends you the whole pack you get two of them you get two hand towels and then you get two washcloths yeah it's a six pack of towels go, for 40 bucks go get it it is so worth it, so I, worth it. such a life changer i am telling you right now go get them um and with that uh again defiant on that one defiant with um Defiant with Dr. Stella. So Correct. go to drstellamd.com, drstellamd.com, and you sign up for the teleho- the teledoc visit, and then they and then you can order hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin. If you're sick right now, 
then let them know you're sick right now with symptoms and you'll it, it comes quicker. And um, trust me, we know this for a fact. We've actually seen it work now. We it. know it works. Done it with my uh, mom. Done it with Dylan's us. mom yep. was sick and uh, she's already got her drugs. She already feels better, folks. Yeah, She it's already amazing. feels better. She's taken, what, two days worth of ivermectin? Yes. And she and already feels the like ivermectin, you take you take it the first day and then you take it the third day and then you take it the fifth day and then you take it once a week after that. So it's not an everyday thing. So, But and she already feels better, folks. It's, and it's, it was amazing. It was like she thought she was going to die like less than a week she she really did. She really did. So, folks. And yesterday she was bored, which is it's, fantastic. Again, better to have and not need than need and not have. So, yes. go get you some ivermectin. Go get some hydroxychloroquine. Go get the stuff you need to take care of yourself. Better and your her life. vitamins as well, because if you keep a good vitamin regimen up, then hopefully in the future you won't need the hydroxychloroquine or the ivermectin because your immune system will deal with it on its own. It's going to help yourself to fend it's off, fend off amazing. all those little uglies and whatnot. Yes. And with that, Dr. Sherwood. Uh, he again, he he's on. We're doing another episode with him. We'll we'll beat him up about that. But Dr. Sherwood, go go to his drsherwood.tv, um, and you can get all of his stuff as well. All of his vitamin Sher- regimens. Sherwood.tv forward slash Patriot Party. You get his free ebook from yep. there. You can get his vitamin regimen. Um, he can be your doctor. Yeah, uh, and you can do. Uh, we spoke today about genetics. He can. They do genetic testing. It does not go to China. Um, they only him do a whole, and a whole profile. His wife know who the gen- genetics are, where they send it to, yep. and they do it through New Zealand and South America somewhere or South, South Africa. South Africa. So those two places are where the big tests are going on right now, and they don't do a full workup. I mean, they do enough to get you by. And for I think men, it's uh, four ninety nine, and for women, it's five ninety nine. Yep. So it's really and not you, that bad again, if you think about it. Get ten percent off with the promo code Patriot Party. Correct. So go on there, take it, check it out. Um, Please get yourself what you need to feel right and feel good about yourself. It'll be great at the end of the day. So either way, enjoy this podcast. Uh, this was it's a lot of fun for fantastic. me. A lot of fun for VLIN. Yep. And uh, I think Josh had a pretty good time too. Um, and uh, we'll see you later. Have a great day. And welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my butter, better beloved better half. VLIN. Hello, Patriots. And yeah, she is better butter, but hey, better <laughs> better butter, butter, better. So tonight, uh, today, we've got with us a special guest. Uh, as we were on their show just the other day, told you all to go listen to him. Uh, we got Josh from the Red Pill Project on here today, and uh, he's got a hell of a story, and I don't even think I'm going to fuck it up, so I'm just going to let him tell the story. Uh, but... Folks, just listen, because if you didn't listen yet, please go online, go to Apple, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, go listen to that podcast, because I got to tell you, I've gone back and listened to it twice now, and that was straight fire, and we did a lot, we talked about a lot of crap, there was just a lot of information. Forget the banter about Flat Earth, Round Earth, that's not neither here nor there, we're just busting each (laughs) other's nuts, but just remember, folks, there's a lot of information there. Uh, we both talked about a lot, um, to include v- Lynn was very much involved in that conversation, which I was actually shocked with. She kept up and not talking as fast as us, but she threw her two sentences every three seconds. So without any further ado, Josh, why don't you tell everybody about yourself? Well, V. Lynn, Mick, thank you so much for having me. Uh, really awesome to be here. And yeah, we do talk fast. It's all those vitamins that the military gave us, I guess, during our service time. Um, you obviously talk just a little bit faster because you spend a little bit more time in than me. But you know, that happens. Uh, my story, shit, man. You know, I joined the military uh, on September 8th, 2001. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, think about that. Like, like, yeah. like, like right. Hey, I'm going to go into the Navy. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to have some fun and yay. And then September. Yeah, no shit. And 
it was like, oh shit, what the hell just happened? What did I just sign myself up for? Because that was dumb, right? But uh, I was originally going nuke. I took my, uh, my, my nuclear qualification test. I did everything, got certified. Uh, and actually 9-11 is what prompted me to change my career choice in the Navy. So I was all certified, ready to go nuke. And I was on uh, DEP, delayed entry program for nine months. And uh, I went in and I talked to the skipper and I go, I want to go now. I want to go now. Like 9-11 just happened. Like, get me in there, you know? And he's like, he's like, well, you'd have to change because we don't have any room for you. So I said, well, what else do we have? And we started looking at it and he goes, well, what about fire control? And I'm like, is that like putting out fires or something? He goes, no, that's working with gun and missile fire control systems, radar, computer systems. I'm like, dude, that's it. I want to do that. Right. So going to the Navy, go through all my training. I get to my first ship. And uh, within the first 10 days, I deployed to the South Pacific. So our, our AOR was the South Pacific. We were just off uh, about 150 miles, uh, 300 miles off the coast of uh, Peru, uh, which if you ever look at a flat map, you will see if you go from South America and you go out, there's just this like big old plot of ocean, nothing there. Well, there's actually nothing there except for like the Galapagos Islands. It's right over here. And uh, kind of that's where we, our AOR was. And what we did is we did uh, narco-terrorism interdiction and human trafficking interdiction. At the time, I didn't know this. I just kind of was going with it, right? We're going to go out there and look for cocaine smugglers. We had a Coast Guard lead that detachment on board. Right before we left, they sent me to visit board search and seizure school. I went to a few other weapon cloth schools um, and became a, a boarding team member. You know, 20-something years old, absolutely like, yeah, military lifestyle. I'm not going to the Middle East. I'm going to South America. This is going to be fun. Um, and one of the first interdiction operations that we had is we found this blip on the radar and it was a really small one. We go and look at it and we come up and we're looking through the big eyes on the ship with these like big binoculars that you have magnify things really, uh, really, really close. And we see this barge off on the horizon and we're at the equator. So it's about 120 degrees, 130 degrees on the surface. If you're talking about a barge or a ship, which is a big steel gray thing in the middle of the ocean. Um, so it's pretty hot outside during this time. And we get closer to this barge and we see a whole bunch of children. We actually get on there, we get to the barge and there are children from the ages of five to about 13 to 14 years of age. Um, and we start offloading them. And, you know, sad to say that a lot of them were malnourished. They've been out there for probably weeks by this time. Um, a few of them had, had been deceased. Um, and, you know, I'm like, what is going on? I'm just trying to help get these children onto our ship. And uh, we had DEA assets and CIA assets that were coming on board to kind of help with the processing and the inflow. And uh, what you find out is that these children are being human trafficked, but you know it's not what their parents are told. So kind of the idea back in the early 2000s is fishermen would go throughout the neighboring towns in these small coastal cities in South and Central America. And they would proposition to the family members, the, the mothers and the fathers that, hey, we can give your children a better life in the United States of America. The border's wide open. They get over very, very easily. We have host families waiting there for them. It's only going to cost you about 200 to $300 to do this. And these families literally save up for years to get the 200 to $300 per child to give to the fishermen for the fishermen to tow out to the middle of the ocean to leave there, hopefully waiting for some human traffickers to come pick them up. And by the way, out of every 10 barges, about seven of them are never found 
And this happens on a daily basis. The so, parents never hear from the children again. Would you say that this was your red pill moment? This is the point you realized that there was something wrong in this world? Yeah, this is the moment I realized that the world was not as it seemed. That I had uh, been living a cush life in the United States of America, taking my privilege of freedom for granted, you know, because white privilege, right? Taking my freedom for granted. And really, it was a smack in the face. Like, this really happens in the world? Like, this is real? And, you know, so at that moment, I'm like, man, this is this is crazy. I, I felt really bad for these kids. I felt really bad for the scenario. We went on this deployment. We found, uh, you know, headless and handless and footless bodies floating in the ocean. This is from the cartels when they try to get rid of somebody. That's exactly how they do this. We interdicted multiple different uh, small vessels that were shipping cocaine. Um, a lot of these people are actually, they're not cocaine smugglers. A lot of these fishermen, you know, what's happening is they take their family ransom. They'll go up to the fisherman's family. They'll put a gun to their wife's head and take her and drag her over to the cartel's land and say, you'll get her back once you deliver this cocaine. And that's how they're really forced into it. So it's a really sad state of affairs that happens a lot in these third world countries when it comes to the drug and the human trafficking trade. So when Donald Trump started running for president, he started talking about putting a wall up. I started remember the rules of force, the use of force, the escalation of force. And the first rule is, escal or is a physical deterrent. Your weapon is shown as a physical deterrent to anybody who might be forward aggression towards you. And I said, that wall is that physical deterrent. That wall, what he's saying right there, when Donald Trump comes up and says, we're going to build a wall, that's telling those parents in South and Central America, don't send your children here because they're not going to make it over that wall. Don't send them here because they're not going to be able to come over this border anymore. And what did we see? We saw a 78, 82% decline in the amount of human trafficking that was coming over that border in the last two years of Donald Trump. Yeah, absolutely. And then on top of that, you know, if you think about it, um, forget over. Let's talk about under, too, because those pylons, one of the things I found really interesting when I started digging into the wall, and this is no pun intended there, but the pylons themselves were going down over 18 feet deep. Each pylon was being driven 18 feet deep into the ground, if not more, uh, depending on the rock and bed, bedrock and soil. They did soil. They did all sorts of uh, geological studies of the land and the land mass in that area. I was abs absolutely shocked with what they came up with and the way they were doing this. And so if you think about that and you add that to, well, 90 percent of the drugs are trafficked through tunnels. And they just found like one of the biggest tunnel systems down there. It was a little over, I think it was uh, 40, what did I say? It was like 40 something thousand miles worth of tunnels. Something crazy. And it, we just happened to find, um, we just happened to find that the tunnel itself fell uh, when the guy collapsed into the tunnel. He just happened to stumble upon like eight or nine tunnels that all came together in the same point. And within that, they, they found some 40,000 miles worth of tunnels that this is the one point where they all converged and then they all went out and the guy was just walking down the freaking wall and just fell in. And it was like, holy shit. Um, and I, this whole thing, a lot of this is, uh, I think that, well, everybody knows what I think about Joe Biden and how he's doing this and what this is really for, what this play is for. But I do agree with you. You're absolutely right. I believe that they were trafficking these kids. I mean, this is, this isn't the first time we heard about it. Obviously Q brought it up um, amongst other people, but I mean, it's been brought up all over the place. Right. And so, you know, for me, when I started looking at that aspect of it and I saw Donald Trump running, I'm like, man, I, I never liked Donald Trump. 
I thought he was an asset. I thought he was an arrogant putz. And all of a sudden he's running for president. And I start doing my research on this guy. And I start seeing that he's like a stand-up model citizen. This dude is legit. So I'm like, okay, let's get behind Donald Trump, especially since, you know, obviously we had Hillary running. So I just could not support Hillary during this time. Um, so Trump comes in the office. You know, it was the first time that I voted for someone that they actually won. I was very excited. Uh, and then, you know, a few months into it, about October timeframe, I get this, uh, my, my buddy introduces me. He goes, hey, have you heard about this thing that's happening on Twitter? And I had never had a Twitter. He introduced me to this Q thing. And I'm like, oh, what's this, right? So I get on Twitter and I start trying to figure out what this all is. Because everybody's like, oh, it's military. And, you know, January, Joe M's video comes out. And, and I'm like watching this association go back and forth. And uh, it took me a long time to get it. Like I was doing decodes. I was getting it. I was understanding it. And I'm like, yeah, but you, you can find all this information out in public, right? There's nothing. Ah, okay, this might be a little coincidence how he's matching the timestamps with Trump, right? So, you know, I kind of keep that in, in my back of my mind. Then I see, Mick, I see people coming on Twitter with absolutely no experience in cryptography, no experience in how military communicates, no experience in any of this stuff whatsoever, in conspiracy theory. They're just being red pill by Q and they're going out there and they're taking a Q post and they're like taking like, you know, you'll have Q post 109. They're taking the one and circle it, matching it to the, you know, the one in 1 p.m. on Donald Trump's timestamp and taking the date and matching it to the letter D over here. And they're like, oh, you know, Q saying have a good day. And I'm like, you guys are fucking morons. Like, you have no idea what you're doing. And so I start getting. What's that? See the South Park episode. That's straight up South Park style. Yeah. 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 And so I'm sitting there going, look, look, if people are going to start taking this legitimate, which I believed at this point that it was moving towards that, that level where this is some heavy information. People need to understand what's going on here. If people are going to take this and make it legitimate, then you have to present it in a legitimate fashion. And so I go to my buddies. We had this group that kind of like went out there and decoded all this stuff. And they're like, well, why don't you go make a video? I'm like, you know what? I will. And so that's where I started Q Patriot, Q Patriot uh, YouTube channel. And we had thousands of subscribers almost instantly. And I started doing decodes and people like, dude, you're the best decoder ever. And it was because I just did no bullshit. We presented the information as such. We followed the rules of how Q presented. Hey, this is how we put information out there. We don't go off the boards. And you start to realize what was actually happening with this. Now, I want to get into my real red pill moment when it came to Q. Okay. You got to go back to December of 2017 when Q puts out a post talking about missiles stopped. And he spells missiles and stopped post wrong. So he leaves a, uh, I think it was a I out of missile and he leaves a P out of stop. Now, during this time frame, that made no sense whatsoever. No one cared about what that meant until May and June of 2018. What was significant, and this was my big red pill moment, okay? Well, and actually it came to fruition in August of 2018. So in May of 2018, Q starts talking about the U.S. Navy. Now, if people start remembering, the U.S. Navy during this time was having um, DDGs running aground. This was U.S. Naval warships running aground. I happened to know one of the commanding officers of one of those warships. I served with him on my last ship. 
Okay. And this dude is a stand-up guy. The story did not make any sense. And he took the fall for it and sailors lost their lives. So this was something, and these are systems, by the way, that operate on these DDGs, the Aegis system, that I know intimately. I understand exactly how these navigational systems work. And I said immediately, I said, these ships were shut down. Uh, these ships' navigational systems were shut down. They were absolutely one. Aegis, what does Aegis stand for? Just for my uneducated folk that are out here. I mean, I know what it stands for, but we also have a lot of I civilians. I don't have a clue. We have a lot of civilians okay. to us. So what does Aegis stand for? Just because so, I know the acronym itself is actually pretty poignant. Well, don't worry about the acronym. We don't need to worry about that. Just understand that Aegis is the modern day weapon system on board Navy ships. Simple as that. Okay. So when we look at it is you have missiles, tomahawks, so it's an integrated weapon system that integrates communication and sensor arrays into gun, missile, and fire control systems. So you have five-inch guns, three-inch guns. You have SM1s, 2s, 3s. You have Tomahawks. You have various types of torpedo systems that operate. You have your ASW and your, your, uh, your air warfare branches that all integrate into one defense component. Okay, this is the Aegis system. And you also have the older systems on board Navy ships were being phased out, the old NTDS systems. Mm -hmm. But the Aegis is the new upgraded. This is the phase array uh, radars, so forth. So if you see like a Navy ship and you see like those, those flat side panels, that's actually a phased array spy radar. Um, and this is, long story short, is they're, they're highly sensitive sensors that can do pinpoint accuracy with munitions. Correct. Well, okay. we, just, we can launch a, a tomahawk around the globe. Yeah, it's aerial, hit it with pinpoint accuracy. It's aerial ground, uh, environmental integrated systems. Isn't that what Aegis stands for? I thought, yes. I thought that's what it always. Yes, it's environmental because it takes into account the whole picture. It's not just. It's almost a three D snapshot of everything going on around you. If that's when you say environmental, when we're talking about a weapon control systems, you're talking about sensor array. Correct. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Your sensor array system because. You think about it is your sensor array system is your eyes and ears of yep. the outside world. You're inside the skin of a ship. You don't know what's going on. We'll actually talk about this a little bit when we talk about the USS Connecticut yep. in a little bit when we get into that incident. Oh, yeah. um, but we, we go into um, Wait, this you, incident. You were talking about this incident where this guy ran aground. It was a buddy of yours or a guy you knew. Right. He was beyond reproach. And what happened to him? Well, so he ended up getting canned and uh, taken out of the Navy. Dishonorably, I think he was dishonorably discharged. He, he went to uh, uh, court martial. But anyways, these ships were hijacked and I knew it from immediately. So basically what it is, is they get their satellite uplinks, that's HF communication through their navigational systems. I can't get any, any more detail on, on that other than that. But what it looked like was as our hijacks, were our satellites were hijacked against us and utilized against us to basically take over the navigation system, that ship to change course, to run into other ships or to render the ships useless where they couldn't even run the ship from, uh, from aft steering. So running aground would definitely render the ship unusable at that point. 100%. Yep. Uh, so at the same time, in May 2018, Q puts out this post and he puts out this picture of the submarine, which ends up being the USS Richard B. Russell, which was a decommissioned in 2003 in a place called Ketron Island in Washington State, which was run by a former defense contractor at, during that time. And it had an underground submarine base right there. It's a, Los Angeles, class, it's a Los Angeles class submarine, just so you're all aware of what it means. Uh, that's Nuclear capable submarine, ICBM capable nuclear submarine. I mean, it was 
DCOM there in Ketron Island. Okay, that's for future reference. So I do the reverse image search. I find all this information, Richard B. Russell. I'm like, okay, it's DCOM. What does it matter? Then Q starts hitting like, what if the deep state, if the cabal had a secret black fleet and black army? I'm like, whoa, well, this is interesting, right? Well, Trump is going to the G8 summit. If everybody remembers, he was in Canada to the G8 summit, right? That's he flew there. One of them, if you remember, that's when there was all the issues with uh, what's his name from uh, Canada, uh, the little kid from Canada, Trudeau, Trudeau and the French Prime Castro. Minister, and yeah, Castro, Castro, Castro Jr., uh, Castro Jr. And if you remember, there was also the 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 deal with the French Prime Minister and the English Prime Minister there at the same time, and they both were all of them were heard on tape making fun of Trump. If you remember that, that's all what yep. was going on. That's what he's referring to. But Trump was leaving that place and he was headed towards Singapore to meet with Kim Jong-un of North Korea. And they did not want this to happen. Kim Jong-un was even in the media talking about how Barack Obama had called him multiple times and he did not answer the phone. And so we knew that Trump was going there. Now, the easiest way on a, sorry, on a globe earth to get to Singapore from that point in Canada would be going over Washington state and heading west. Okay? So think about this. If you're a submarine and your comms dark, you have no outside communication. Let's say you're Black Fleet, your comms dark, your nuclear submarine. You know the flight schedule of Air Force One. Yeah. Okay? One of the few things you do know. Like, let's just say they're given intelligence. Let's just say there's a rogue submarine, Red October, right? Rogue submarine, nuclear capable, and they're operating off the coast of Washington State. But their comms dark because they can't be detected. Air Force One, they knew was going to fly over about 3.14, 3.30 a.m. Washington time over the Pacific Ocean. Well, what happens? We have something known as the Wibley Island incident. You can go out and find this. And what it is, is you're going to see this slow frame rate camera catcher capture this streak that rises up in the sky. Now, if you've ever launched, if you ever watched an ICBM launch out of a nuclear submarine, you know exactly what this, if you look, an SM-3 launch out of a, a, a Tomahawk launch out of a carrier, it doesn't matter. If you know what a missile launching from the ocean looks like. It kind of pops up out of the water, then the engines yep. ignite underneath it, kind of like sitting at an angle almost in the air. So it comes up like this, and then it kind yep. of falls like that. The engines ignite, and the missile takes off. That's, That's exactly right. what happens. But as it moves through the atmosphere, it's very, very easy to understand and determine what it is. And so I go and watch this video. I go, dude, that's a missile. That, that's a missile. And the news is like, what is this? We don't know what this is. They're calling the Air Force Base. Air Force Base is like, I don't know. The Navy Base is like, like, we don't know what it is, right? And then they come out and say it's a helicopter that was captured in the low frame rate. And I said, no, it's a <laughs> missile. 100% missile launch, okay? And it happened exactly the same time that Air Force One would have been over Washington State. Guess what? They were late. No, Trump goes the opposite. They go east. They went the road to Spain. Oh, yeah. That's right. They yeah. flew east. He did go they, east. they took the long way. Why would they take the long way? Unless well, Trump knew Because something. the earth's flat? <laughs> no. But no, because they took the long way because they had foreign intelligence understanding that that was going to happen. So Basically, what we hear about the rumors and the uh, the intelligence communities, this didn't come from the Cubans. This came from other contacts that we had, is that this was a nuclear warhead that was launched that was meant to go up into the atmosphere and produce an electromagnetic pulse above Air Force One 
shooting, basically causing that EMP to allow Air Force One to drop out of the sky and crash in the middle of the ocean, which would have looked like an accident. Well, now, see, that part I find really interesting. And the reason I say that, I find that one really interesting because <clears throat> I may or may not, because I do, I have a, I have a butt ton of friends that are in the Secret Service. I've got mm -hmm. tons of them. Um, not just agents, but I've got guys on the uniform side. I've got guys on their uh, SRT teams. I've got, uh, I've got friends all over. Anyway, mm -hmm. one of the big things I know, and I've found out over, the, over time, and I'm not going to put out exacts on this, but I'll just give you a kind of a general overview. Uh, Air Force One is pretty much shielded from EMP. Uh, that just it is. it is the plane all over it is 360 degrees shielded from emp matter of fact one of the few things that i've heard a lot of people bitch about especially reporters and those dipshits they get on a plane well reporters like to turn on their phones and try to make phone calls uh one of the things you can't do on air force one is make a phone call off of air force one and the reason is is because of that that protection that is on that plane um it's kind of like being in a um, faraday cage faraday cage exactly right. like Faraday cage and your spot no signals go out no signals come in now on the outside of the skin of Air Force One the only thing that I would think would be affected by that and none of the avionics are going to be affected the engines aren't going to be affected one of the things I think that would be affected by it are the outboard sensors on Air Force One and there's tons of sensors all over Air Force One they have a ton of outboard sensors that are not protected by that Faraday cage um, that I find Which makes them prone to what you would then be prone to air to ground attack that or, ah, air, attack, or air attack. You would be, a, you'd be very prone to that because it would destroy all those forward and rearward looking sensors. Yeah. The fact, and this is one that I've known about this. I, I don't know if me and you have ever talked about that before, but I've known the same thing you're, you're tracking. I was tracking. Uh, but one of the things that always drove me crazy was, <clears throat> and this is something I always thought, because if you remember the timestamps on those those posts, what were the timestamps? Were they before or after Trump's flight? Well, well hold on. So, wh which timestamps? The the on the Q post. Uh, the ones on the Q post. Well, there's, we're talking about multiple Q posts spread over multiple months here. 11, I think eleven or twelve of them, roughly. There's between eleven. We're about to get we're about to get to the timestamps though for June tenth specifically, right here. So, let let's go up. You're absolutely right. This Air Force One is shielded against EMP. Right. That was simply a guise that they were going to use. By the way, this is going to be Russian forward aggression. This is going to be Russian attack on Air Force One. This is who they're going to blame it on. OK, basically Trump reneged on his deal with Russia, Russia collusion. All that was supposed to fit into this, as well as this. Is there something known as close proximity shockwave? This is what would have actually stalled the engines and taken the plane out. The, the nuclear warhead was meant to go close in the atmosphere to produce a relative proximity shockwave to knock Air Force One out. I know you're saying they have dampening sensors, absolutely 100%, but they would have taken out Air Force One if it went out that way. We know this. But here's the thing. Trump doesn't. He goes. He gets to Singapore. He meets with Kim Jong-un, right? Gives him a little side cash because Kim Jong-un had no money. They had to pay for it. That was the rumor, right? Um, At least that's what the liberals were putting right. I'm not sure if that's actually true or not, because I've heard other stories about King Jong-un that says something completely different. But yes, you're absolutely right. Supposedly, according to the stories the liberals were putting out, Trump slid him some, you know, hush money. Cash. He put but this is where it got real. Is Trump's post on Twitter came out and it said I had it was something I had a great meeting with Kim Jong-un and the missiles stopped. And he spelled missiles without an I. And he spelled stopped without a P. 
which validated 100% that 2017 December Q post with the missiles stop misspelling 100%. At that point in time, I go, this is real. Like, this is really, really, really real. So wait a minute, just so we can explain it to everybody. Why was that such, other than it was really, really real. Why was that such a red pill moment for you? I mean, because there's a lot of people, and let me tell you something there. If you remember those posts, I know you do because you're as much of a nerd in this as I am. If you remember those posts, people were saying it wasn't stopped that he was trying to spell. They said stowed. And I said, no, 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 no." stop. No, it's stopped. You, you can go look at the December 2017 Q post. He spells it. Q spells it exactly the same way as Trump did in that post. I'm going back to what they were saying on oh, I know, I know. all of the message boards after that. Is nah, he wasn't saying stopped. He said missile stowed. And I was like, wait a minute. How did he miss an I? And if you count the letters, now if you get into numerology, Gematria. I is how many? Gematria. Or Gematria, sorry. If you take that, now count the numbers. How many numbers are, is it from A to I? Uh, eight I, I don't know. Nine. Seven? Nine. Nine. Okay. Nine letters. Okay. So if you go to stop. Put me on the spot, dude. Yeah, I got you. If you go to stop. <laughs> Sorry, trying so, to make you count, you know. Stopped is, P is what? Come on, quicker than that. I thought you were faster than that. 16. 16. So, 916. And when was the trip? Well, the trip was... Uh, when was it planned? Uh, the first time it was announced was at 916, September. I think it was. Okay. Yep. Okay. Great. So you see how I got you together? I, yeah, I'm just I, saying. I got you. I got you. I got you. Right. But this is what I want to show people. Okay. This is where it gets cool. So June, I'm like, okay, this stuff's real. This is really happening. Like I'm seeing the collect. You asked how I knew. This is my red pill moment. Trump is communicating with Q. Something's happening. At the time, I don't have it quite figured out, but I understand that something's happening. So I start digging into it. August 10th, two months to the day of that missile launch at Woodley Island. Okay, two months to the day. Okay. A uh, bag handle uh, carrier, a a baggage carrier at SeaTac Airport, Seattle um, Tacoma Airport, goes into the hangar and steals a Dash 8 Q. 400 aircraft from, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Alaska Airlines. Now, my background, I worked for United Airlines for over six years. I managed 22 na- uh, international and domestic airports IT. I had a purple CIDA badge in every single airport I went to, which means that I can access basically every single nook and cranny of every single airport because I worked in the IT and I had to understand the circuit level layer. So I had to be able to get into all the little nook and crannies Denver International Airport, I've been to the tunnels, all this stuff, okay? So tell me something, how hard is it to steal one of those planes? Can't happen. So firstly, baggage handler right there, he doesn't have the access with his sight of badge to even get into the hangars. So immediately I called, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? This doesn't make any sense. He he doesn't have access to his sight of badge to get into the hangar. So they're saying that he walked in behind someone. No, okay. Secondly, he says he learns how to fly a Dash 8 Q400 double prop aircraft from YouTube. Now, I've flown in many double prop aircraft. If you've ever been in the cockpit of double uh, double prop aircraft, it sounds like it's just loud noise. You can't ignore it anywhere in a Dash 8 aircraft. If you ever flown Alaska Airlines, you know what I'm talking about. 
Okay. You cannot get rid of people go in there and they wear um, shooting muffs because it's so loud. They actually hand out ear protection. Ear protection. So I'm, I'm watching this unfold and we're listening to the audio of this guy in the cockpit. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, I decided to take a flight, man. I'm just out here enjoying myself, having a, a little spin. And there's no noise in the background. Didn't they say that he was either drunk or high or something like that? Yeah. They, they couldn't that. understand his euphoria. Yeah. And it was like he was joking around and playing with ground control. Now, here's the thing is there was no noise from the cockpit of the double prop plane background. Not only that, is you can literally hear, okay, birds chirping and people in the background when he's talking. And that's impossible to do on those planes because the background noise from those engines is ridiculous. Even when you're flying, right. on, you, you can't outpace that noise. It's so loud. It's like flying on an Osprey is what I've always equated it to. It's exactly it. Yep. That loud. That's how loud that aircraft is. So that's impossible. So we already know that was bullshit. So, so I'm watching this unfold and I'm sitting there going, what the hell's going on here? So we're watching the radar cross pattern. They're showing us on the news and he kind of, he kind of comes in, turns around, comes out. And then he does a circle around this Island and shit me not. It's Ketron Island. This Island that I just learned about a few months before of where this submarine, the USS Richard B. Russell was decommissioned. And I'm sitting there going, Holy shit, that's the island that submarine that we did the reverse image search was decommissioned at. And I go, this is probably the submarine that shot the missile up at Air Force One. I'm like, oh my God, they really do have a black fleet. So I'm kind of like red pill myself watching this. I'm like, holy shit, right? Then, okay, the, the plane crashes in the Ketron Island, right? And it was chased by F-15s, by the way. Okay, then this happens. They released the name of the hijack. You ready for this? The hijacker's name was Richard B. Russell. Russell. Yep. I know, I know. <laughs> what? I'm sitting there going, nope. no effing way. So I oh, immediately. Although that's really cool. Got one more question for you. And I know you were in the Navy. When they de decommission a sub, how do they do it? What is one of the first things they do? A weapon offload. You go to Seal Beach or any munitions depot. Upload weapons. What is the next? Okay, so after the weapons are gone, what's the next thing they do? They obviously remove all the classified systems at that yep. place because ninety percent yep. of them are under. Like for instance, you'd have a reactor cool down. Your reactor would be taken. The yep. really badass part is living here in Savannah. We know when the subs are in the, the river because they float up to the Savannah River uh, munitions, munitions depot. There are no boats on the water. There's nobody. You're not allowed to go on the water. You're not allowed to do anything. And it's it generally clears, a busy river. It so clears the river. The difference. There is nobody going to the port. There's nothing. So when that happens, they go up there and they, you never see them come above the water. They're underwater the whole way up there. They go up to that building. They come up underneath that building. Everything's done underneath that building. They go back underwater and they yep. go right back out to sea. They never see daylight. Now, that being said, a lot of the subs that I've seen decommissioned, the first thing other than being moored is they are put on stilts and they're sat above the water line. So the water's dropped out from underneath them and you can see the whole boat from end, from foot yep. to end, you can see everything. And it's really funny because if you look up, I don't care how you look for it, whether you Google search it or you go to fucking DuckDuckGo or you go to whatever site you're, you're doing, you go there, you will not see a picture of... Decom sub. Yeah, the Russell ever decomped. Never, never sitting on stilts. Never sitting anywhere where it was actually being taken apart. Or the a lot of the times they they uh, weld the props 
and they weld, uh, they'll weld the props together. They'll weld uh, the rudders together so the rudders don't move anymore. So it's impossible mm -hmm. to use that sub again. Yep, and 100%. You cannot find a picture of that. They completely destroy the functionality, even with uh, our ships, even our old fast frigates. It's exactly what they do is they completely strip them. And so it's nothing but barren metal. Um, so I find out that the hijacker's name is Richard B. Russell. I'm like, whoa. So immediately I realize the significance of this. I go onto Facebook and I find this dude on Facebook. He's got five Facebook friends. I go to every single one of these friends. And every single one of them has five friends and they're all like shared friends. And it just so happens that two of the friends are uh, military brass. And I'm like, this is odd. What the heck? So I started taking screenshots, right? Anyways, the next day Q comes out and he says something around the lines of F-15, new special weapon, had to take out the sub base, needed diversion. And they go, oh, my goodness, this is real. This is like the real deal. Like, oh, my God. So this all progresses from this point. Now, here's the thing. And I want to make this very, very clear. We have to understand what Q was and is. Okay. If anybody remembers those old spy movies from the 1940s and the 1930s, when like the, the old lady would go up to the coffee shop and put the blue open sign instead of the green open sign, which gave the hint of the dude that lived in the apartment up there to go to the library, turn the page 155 in the special book and take every third letter. And that's his decode for the day. It's called the proxy board of communication. And what happens is, is when you're running some type of operation, whether in your clandestine community, the SF community or whatever, is you have a methodology of communication. That the enemy cannot decipher or have a hard time to decipher, especially when you cannot have any form of digital communication between each other. We use what's known as a proxy board of communication. This is the primary aspect of what the cube boards actually were. They weren't establishing a time frame in real time. They were establishing a, a, a proxy board of communication for after the fact. Does everybody understand that? Is that it, it had nothing to do with everything that happened the four years that Trump was in office. All that stuff was fluff for the pot. That was just look here, not there. It was all aligning us to what the playbook would be for this global rollout of the one world government of how they were going to do it, what they were going to do, as well as levels of proxy levels of communication that can be forward referenced in a future date back to those posts if two people wanted to communicate back to each other. We've actually tested this out with each other, me and my few friends. We actually go out there, we go ahead and post some things and we send messages to each other using the queued boards because they actually contain all the information you would ever need to, to operate some type of military operation. So with that being a, um, a proxy board of communication, there was also certain relative events that were happening during that time, which unfolded and were shown to us. So I want everybody to understand that that's kind of what the Q boards were. It doesn't really matter who Q was or what Q was or what it is. Just to understand that it was telling you, it was preparing you for everything that was to come. And it's a proxy board of communication between people, probably very, very high up, who are still operating. Okay. Now, what it has become now is not what it was meant to become. This, this movement, I believe 100% has been hijacked. It is being controlled by the opposition. I've always said, if you want to defeat your enemy, the best way, what thing to do is control them, is to lead them. And that's exactly what's happening right now in the Q movement. There's a lot of people out of there blowing fluff up your ass, blowing smoke up people's asses, right? 
Anybody telling you that Q and Q and the Patriots and Trump and the Patriots are in control? I, I'm sorry. I, I disagree with that. I would say that we as humanity, we as Americans need to stand up together and unite together first in the community level. And this is what the message always was. And you can see this within Q's posts. If you go to his long patriotic posts, he'll tell you, are you ready to stand? Are you ready to fight? Are you ready to unite? He's talking about us. There is no silver spaceship. There ain't, Jesus ain't floating down on a big old fluffy white cloud shooting laser beams out of his ass, killing the deep state. That ain't going to happen. Trump ain't going to miraculously be put back in the office. I just got done with an interview. And I was talking to the gentleman. And I said, look, we have to understand that these people, they took power illegally. They stole this election. Even if these states decertify the election, even if the election fraud is known every day for the rest of our lives, they're not giving up power. They are never going to give back power. It's, it's over unless we stand and unite as humanity. These people are sick and they will scorch the earth rid of every human being on it before they ever relinquish power again. This is why they're moving forth with this genocide agenda, the new world order and everything else. And this is why it's so important that we understand that there is massive disinformation out there, propaganda that is leading this movement that we all are a part of. The, the conservative movement, the Christian movement, the Q movement, whatever it might be, there are some bad actors leading these movements. And we just need to be aware of it. We have to keep our mind open and receptive to it and never believe anything anybody says, not even me, Mick, B. Lynn, or anybody, unless you can prove it with your own research and your own volition and your own beliefs. And that means hypercritical analysis of the information. And and that's you know something we've been saying since the get-go is do your own research. Get yeah. Dig into it yourself, figure it out for yourself because you learn more when you do it your own way. And on top of that, if the person's right, you just validated everything they just said. And if he's wrong, I mean, if you want to, you go call him out and say, nah, I don't believe that. That's not true because I went and looked it up And 90% of this stuff. And there's a lot of people like, for instance, you brought up a lot of good points there. Uh, Soros, for instance, you kind of just explained Soros. George Soros is my arch nemesis. And if, if there was, if this was a Superman comic book, he would be my kryptonite because I can't stand that man. The difference between him and kryptonite is I can him in the dick. Exactly. I can <laughs> kill him. And that's my, that's my bigger, my bigger point about George Soros. But when you look at this, if, if you look at everything you just said and you compare, uh, what you just said, I would say that's what Q is. I think a lot of people misunderstood what Q was. Everybody thought that Q was going to provide them with an answer. Q was not there to provide you with an answer. Q was there to drive you to do your own research, figure out what and who is doing what and where. And and it's great too, because Velan brings this up all the time, is if you look at all the Q people that went out there and they listened to the posts, a lot of them did their own research. They got to the same answer from coming from different directions. Or That is what Q did. Or sometimes they came up with different answers, but it didn't inval they didn't invalidate each other because... But it fit into the puzzle. Everybody else is like exactly. ours did. Exactly. There, because there's multiple meanings to every post. There's multiple layers. And, and the way I, I look at the Q post, the way I... I like numbers and proportions and patterns. That's that's kind of my thing, right? So I it, it unraveled for me as 30%, like in different timelines, right? 30% of, of what was posted was things that were going on in that time, the proofs, if you will, actual proof mm -hmm. that it wasn't bullshit. 30% is 
what's going to happen in the future, the future that I think we're, we're in now. 30% was straight up bullshit. Um, and then 10% I think was legit prophecy. And I, I've had, I've heard other people actually, uh, our friend Janet sent me a podcast where the guy thought that, uh, Q was actually receiving direct messages from the angel Gabriel um, that it, there was some kind of prophecy going on there. Anyway, there's about 10% of the posts that I see that are just straight up prophecy that I don't see any other way that they could be about. But a lot of it is teaching discernment as well. You know, that's where that 30% straight bullshit comes in. That's, mm-hmm. you have to learn how to separate truth from fiction. And, and that's true in everything. Something else that you just said, Josh, about people in our movement that are patriots with a Y or grifters or whatever whatever it is that, that aren't legit. We've been coming across some information from um, a, about some people that are very, very high up in the movement that is very disturbing to us. Um, and it's funny you see people starting to fight with each other now. You know, the Dems or the Libtards, whatever you want to call them, they hate each other, but they work really well together and they never show yep. that they're fighting in public, right? It's like a good, it's, they're like good parents, right? They, except they're not, but you know what I mean? They, they never, they never show the kids that they're actually fighting. Whereas we, you know, we, we generally love each other, but if we see bullshit or we see someone doing something wrong, we're going to call it out and we don't care who hears it. And, but that can sow dissension in the ranks because people don't understand that, we're fighting each other to provide accountability and integrity. And the Democrats are fighting, you know, they, they don't fight each other because they have no accountability. They have no integrity. All they do is cover up for each other and for, for the things that they're doing. You, you know, you're absolutely right. And there is a lot of patriots and grifters, and there's a lot of people that are out here to, um, to misinform people. Now, if you go to that last event that was just in Las Vegas, if you look at the reaction, think about this. I kneel before no man. I, I have no, I do not bear any false idols. I, I assure you that. Look how they reacted. Those people reacted when Wano Savage showed up. Oh my God, Wano, oh my God. For a guy who's been consistently wrong, consistently wrong. Who's, oh, Trump will be inaugurated on April 4th. Oh, August 30th now. It, consistently wrong, this guy has been. And they treat him as if he's a god. That is the delusion that has come upon this movement. People think his words, like I, I was talking to someone, and they said that, uh, you know, Juan's, Juan's a tr- attached directly to the, uh, the intelligence community. I go, no, he's not. He goes, oh, yeah, he is. I, I text him. I go, you and about 30 other podcasters with his personal phone number. I don't know anybody in the clandestine intelligence community who gives you their personal cell phone number and text, text people. Information that's potentially harmful to national security or classified or special privilege information. It doesn't happen. This guy is nobody. It's the same like Simon Parks. Uh, oh, I have coffee with, with Q. No, you don't. Stop making shit up. Um, you know, there's another one out there that these uh, container ships. What's that? Charlie Ward. He's another there one you in that whole. You know, no, he's the one that started the container ships off the coast of California where were there because of executive order 13959, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, infringing on a U.S. election, foreign entities infringing on a U.S. election, and that they couldn't actually come into the United States because we don't trade with them anymore. And I called the media bullshit. I said, firstly, 
Only about 3% of those ships are Chinese. Most of them are Singapore, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, South American. Secondly, they're being processed. The supplies are coming off. They're just coming up very, very slow. Like this is just propaganda and misinformation. People need to open up and critically think for themselves. They use discernment. This is what Q represented, exactly what you just said. And like, like what you just said, and if you look at those ships now, today, like what we were talking about the other night on your oh, show. Uh, I just went and just did a quick search to see all the hold up, hold up ships that are out there. Um, more than 30%, we're talking about 60% of those boats out there are uh, Chinese uh, Costco ships, which if you're not aware of what Costco is, Costco is the China Ocean shipping container line. Yeah. And that's exactly what, not the store, I'm not saying the store, so all my folks that listen to us out in California and stuff. No, I'm not telling you to go burn down Costco. I am telling you that Costco is its own, the China o ocean shipping container. So, so, so the difference between Chinese, Chinese owned and deriving from China. And it's every terrifying. single one of the big things about those ships is every single one of them has got a political officer on board. I'm just saying, right, uh, right, right. And so Mick is correct. I said 3% derived from China, which yeah. means that the executive order pertains to countries of origin in the sense right. of trade. If Costco is moving out, the, the Evergreen ship is operating out of Singapore, it's no longer, right. Okay, so just wanted to put that understanding. But here's the thing. Is it, it still be it, China, but it's not operating out of China. Correct. And so we have to understand that when we look at this in this context. Now, moving forward and, and to kind of give my summarization, I wanted to talk about the USS Connecticut. I know we're running low on time. The US Connecticut on April 2nd ran into something in the South China Sea. We talked about it a little bit on my show. I said it either ran into a US, another stealth ship, whether Chinese or US, it got into a battle with something, sunk the other thing and it got injured, or it was rendered useless just like those, whoops, March joined it, just like those ships were it was rendered useless, just like those ships were um, in 2018. And they don't want, the Americans don't want to say that it ran aground. And it could be one of those. And that's why China's berating the U.S. pertaining to this, saying, oh, U.S., what happened with, the, with your submarine there? What happened? What happened? Because China knows exactly what happened. It was probably Chinese utilizing some type of secret weapon to basically disable that submarine to make it run aground. And this is why two days later, four carrier groups entered the South China Sea and have been there ever since. And we are on the brink of a global war uh, from the Middle East, Iran and Israel to China, the US, Japan. And then we have probably class clay K sitting off the coast of the United States in container ships. So just be ready, people. And, be ready. And there's one other faction that I'm I've heard about and and I'm not sure how reliable this information is, but I've been hearing it from a lot of different places, and that's the cartels supposedly are forming up on the border of Mexico ready to invade us. Well, yeah, we've warehouses. Yeah, we've warehouses. Seen, we've seen you know, from houses and like big houses, like big yeah. homes, like million dollar homes right there along the border that have they're supposedly armed walking around. I, I have not gotten any actually confirmation. So, so uh, one of my buddies works with a lot of uh, former SF and they're forming down there and they're actually raising some money right now to take a contingency over the border and go into one of these warehouses to find out what's there. Cause they think that they're housing arms and ammunition on well, the border waiting for some type of invasion from the border. I'd love to get involved in that. That'd be fun. I'll make an introduction for you. You just hey, want to go right where, uh, where, can you, uh, where can you be found 
throw your information out there, throw all your links. We're going to post them anyway in the show, but throw yeah. all your links, throw everything else in there. And I know you're really easy, guys. Dr. Mark's here and just wave at him. Yeah, my, my favorite. That's my doctor right there, man. <laughs> I know it's my doctor. I, I switched my front. Yep, my, that's my doctor right there. And if, if any, anybody who doesn't know Dr. Mark, you, you need to go visit Sherwood.tv. Check him out. Absolutely. One amazing human being. I'm telling you, 9,000 and know with COVID. He's my doctor. Nine thousand now because I can uh, say that because I'm, I'm I'm legit now. I'm one of his clients, one of his patients. <laughs> He's definitely my doctor. So awesome, dude! Please check him out. You guys are gonna have a great conversation with him. He's gonna be on my show tonight. And you, where you guys can find my show, redpills.tv, R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV. That's the easiest way. Um, you can also find us at Red Pill Pay, or Red Pill um, Podcasts, plural dot com, redpillpodcast.com or redpills.tv goes to the same place guys thank you so much for having me look at red pill project too because they always show up under red pill project when i look them up on apple so they're there yeah, if you guys just start if you guys just google red pill project we'll come up there you go great josh we're looking forward to coming out there and hanging out with you uh in a week or so we'll be out there and then uh we'll i live stream yep absolutely and and uh i think we're coming back on your show the day after my birthday two weeks. I believe. Yeah, yeah like two weeks i think the day, either the day before or the day after my birthday. So we'll we'll see yep. how well I do. So, awesome. <laughs> you guys take care. Everybody have a great night. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. I guess see you, Doctor Mark.